0: Since you were formed, I'm Pastor Brandon, joined with Pastor Zach. Zach is pastor at Westside Reformed Church, a URC congregation in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I am the pastor of the Church Planned Christ Reformed Church in Florence, Kentucky. And today we are going to kind of do a deep dive a little bit looking at the Song of Mary, the Magnificant. Uh, and it's located in Luke chapter 1, so if, you, if you're if um, you not driving and you have your Bibles open, you might want to turn there. If not, I will go ahead and, and read the passage, and then Zach and I will kind of interact and talk about some of the big themes that Mary brings up. And one of the things that I, I wanted to just kind of say up front is, you know, Protestants, we often get um, uh, criticized as being maybe anti-Mary or something from our Roman Catholic friends and that's really not the case at all we are, we, we are we're we're pro mary in the way that the bible presents mary and, and there's many ways that we can say um bless is the fruit of your womb as as elizabeth said and uh and we can call her blessed in, in various ways and we can see and I, and I think we will see in this song um how saturated in scripture she was and there's many many great aspects to mary uh, the problem is that uh, our Roman Catholic friends, they want to maybe overemphasize to a idolatrous degree, Mary. And that's where we can't follow them on. But we can certainly praise Mary in the way that the Bible itself praises Mary. And so here I want to read her song. Um, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of my servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of his heart. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever." So that is the the song of Mary the song that Mary sings and uh before we kind of get into the the pieces of it just to make make a note on the context you know where is Mary's song situated in chapter 1 of the gospel of Luke so in Luke chapter 1 it begins by introducing the lineage of Joseph, uh, the lineage going to, to David uh, and the Virgin Mary. They they are betrothed, so Joseph, uh, who's of the of the of the line of David, is betrothed to Mary. They're not yet married, they're planning to get married, and then in verse 28 of chapter one, the angel Gabriel came to her and announced that she is going to give birth to a son, and and he says that, that he will be the son of the Most High. And so immediately in chapter 1, I think that we are kind of clued in that there's a, a lot of things happening. A lot of things that were promised and mentioned in the Old Testament. Now we're coming to a place where things are now going to be fulfilled uh, climactically. Things are here and uh, things are about to about to happen. So for example, in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Well, that seed has now arrived. Galatians 3.16 speaks about God God promised seed to Abraham uh, was his offspring referring to Christ ultimately. And then Isaiah 7, uh, 14, a virgin will bear a son, you will call his name Emmanuel. So, so many things, promised to to Eve in the garden, promised to Abraham, promised uh, in the prophet Isaiah. Now, in chapter 1 of Luke, the angel saying, all that was promised is now now coming to be. Uh, It's going to be manifest in redemptive history. And so after this angelic visit that Mary gets, she then goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who also had a child, and she had a child in her old age. And she is going to give birth to to John the Baptist, who will be the cousin of, uh, of Jesus. And uh, as Mary and Elizabeth meet, the Holy Spirit enters, enters the womb, as it were, and Elizabeth and John, filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the, the fetus uh, jumps, or leaps, rather, in her womb for joy. So it's interesting that you know, in, here in the beginning of Luke, Jesus meets uh, John the Baptist in a utero, as it were, and filled with the Holy Spirit, and Elizabeth begins to, in, to immediately praise Mary. Uh, when Mary walks into the room. So in verse 42, Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She says in verse 45, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment that was spoken to her of the Lord. And so Elizabeth, rather, praising Mary, there's this Holy Spirit event, and then Mary begins the song that we read uh, at the beginning. So with that kind of context, now maybe, Zach, you can talk to us about some parallels between uh, what Mary is singing with Hannah's song in the Old Testament, also, I think, showing that Mary was very wise when it came
1: to Scripture. Yeah, for sure. I like how you brought out the uh, importance of the context of Old Testament Scripture coming to its fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And maybe just a word to um, the, our congregants in our church, just to, on this particular point, um, we oftentimes sing the Song of Mary and when we have our evening prayer service, and we sing that purposefully at the end of our Old Testament reading because of what Pastor Brand just pointed out, that this event of the arrival of Jesus in utero is, at, is on the verge of fulfilling Old Testament scripture, And so when we then hear Old Testament scripture read, it's it's very appropriate to stand with the uh, church across the ages to sing that song in response. Because on one hand of the context that, yes, this is bringing to fruition, but also what you're saying, Brandon, that Mary's song itself is filled with Old Testament scripture and that through her, God is bringing that to pass. And so a number of places where we see that within this uh, song are the, for example, you mentioned uh, Hannah's song being fulfilled um, in this moment and being quoted by Mary. And um, so for from Hannah's song, she herself sang, my heart exalts in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord. In chapter two of first Samuel uh, verse one, or in uh, first Samuel two verse four, she speaks about the. Um, The mighty being brought down by speaking about the bows of the mighty are broken, but then the lowly being brought up, but the feeble bind on strength. So some themes we see very clearly being uh, brought out by by Mary. Uh, We also see in that same song, verse 8 of 1 Samuel 2, uh, Hannah saying, He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor and so it's not that we're saying that Mary was necessarily thinking about Hannah at the time but she was at least, at the very least, so filled with scripture in her mind and in her heart that it just naturally came out of her and you're probably aware of some people in your life who know the Bible really well and they just naturally begin to quote it And at the very least that's what's going on with Mary. Perhaps she was also Um, self-consciously quoting from the uh, Song of Hannah. The Spirit perhaps moved her, uh, certainly was moving her in that way. And so uh, we we see that uh, that part of Scripture is coming to fulfillment and fruition. And it's not even just Hannah, really, because Hannah stands in a long lineage of women who had supernatural life being granted to their wombs. So whether we're thinking about uh, Sarah, became Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel. We're thinking here about Hannah. Uh, Women who would have not been able to have a child have then supernatural life. And then we see that in all of its fruition in the uh, mother of Mary. Um, But there are other places that the song uh, alludes to Old Testament scripture to demonstrate again that it's coming to fulfillment and that Mary herself was saturated in it. So another example is Psalm 34 verses 2 and 3, which says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. And the last example I'll give is Micah 7, verse 20. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. And so, as we start to enter into this uh, song a little bit more, it's worth noting how uh, filled it is with Old Testament Scripture, how filled uh, Mary's heart and mind were, and how not only does the surrounding context in Luke make this clear, but the song itself makes clear that the Old Testament text is coming to its glorious uh, fruition in the child in her womb, Jesus Christ. So, Brandon, you would take a next for us, talk about some humility and pride. Yeah, one
0: of the big themes in Mary's song is this uh uh pride versus the humble and the poor versus uh the oppressive rich and and there's this theme that's coming out in her song and again this goes all the way back into the old testament as well uh and it's something that jesus was about we see this in the apostles writings but uh, we, we begin by looking at mary herself and i think that she exemplifies this for us verse 48 says he looked upon my humble estate of his servants, so she is in this kind of humble estate. She was not of royalty, she was not uh, rich in a palace somewhere, but she was of of a humble estate herself. And just as in the the, the Song of Hannah, where God raises the poor from the dust and makes them sit in a place of honor, which Hannah sings about, so uh, God will do the same as Mary is singing about. Uh, She's of humble means, but now she says, All generations will call me blessed. She was exalted in that way. And from here, Mary speaks about God being against the proud, but for the meek, for the humble. Verse uh, 51 God scatters the proud. Verse 52 God brings down the mighty from their thrones. Uh, Verse 53 God sends the rich away empty. And again, throughout Scripture, Old Testament, and into the New Testament, uh, this is a, a theme of opposing the proud, giving grace to the humble. We see this for example, in Ezekiel chapter 17 verse 24 and all the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low uh, I bring low the high tree, and I make high the low tree, dry up the green tree. And make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord, I have spoken, I will do it. In Proverbs sixteen verse five, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Psalm one hundred thirty eight six for though the Lord is high he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. And finally, one of the well-known passages in James 4.6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So God uh, looks to the humble, he looks to the lowly, and we see that in the Song of of Mary. uh, uh, Example again, verse 50, God's mercy is for those who fear him. Verse 52, he has exalted those of humble estate. Verse 53, God has filled the hungry with good things. So the poor and the hungry, you know, it's interesting, the poor and the hungry are those who uh, are more, they more readily understand their need. Uh, when, when somebody's of a humble estate, they often understand how helpless they are. They understand how reliant they are upon God's providence for their daily Provisions. Sometimes moment by moment, provisions. They understand how much they need God. They understand the depths of their failings, the, the, the depths of their sins. But the proud are the opposite. Uh, the proud in Scripture often minimize their sin. They do not perceive their need for God. They trust in their own powers, their own money, their own connectivity, or whatever it is. They are typically self-centered, and God opposes them. And so you have these two kind of categories in Scripture, those who are humble and those who are proud, Um, and Mary is saying that God is doing a work in the Son that's in her womb, who will continue in this uh, promoting the humble, but opposing opposing the proud, and Jesus um, said this again in Luke's Gospel as he speaks about how. Um, he came to to heal those who needed a doctor, not those who thought that they were well and thought that they were righteous. But those who knew that they were sick, those who knew that they were sinners, he came to such a one as those. Not the Pharisees who looked up boastfully and boasted about how great they were, but to the tax collector and sinner who beat their breast and said have mercy upon me a sinner and so that's the people that jesus is going to be coming to ministering to um and that's a great reminder for us that we ought to be people of a humble and meek uh, nature, not those who are proud and arrogant and haughty, um, but always being being uh, reminded of our daily need. And, and again, it, it can be hard, in, especially in the country in which we live, uh, it, can, it, it can be hard to readily see our need um, all the time and and, and uh, be aware of that. But I think it's important that we have a humble posture that doesn't slip into arrogance and, and, and pride at times. Um, So, Zach, do you want to maybe uh, uh, hit more on the theme of salvation for
1: us? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of uh, Christians rightly speak about the importance of salvation in the Christian life, right? I mean, that's at the heart of the work of Jesus, and it's recognized Mm -hmm. that that is what we as fallen uh, sinners need. Um, And so it should come as no surprise that the Song of Mary is also concerned with salvation, uh, but I think one thing that's probably worth noting here is that when we think about salvation, and, and Mary's song is not alone in this, but that salvation is really part of a, a larger story that the Bible tells that's not just saying, oh, I got saved or something like that. But it's the, the story of salvation is really one about um, uh, exile and then um, a new exodus. In other words, uh, being uh, sent out away from God's presence and then God working mightily to save his people from their bondage and to bring them through in a story of redemption, rescuing them from bondage, leading them out and then leading them back to his holy place. And that's the kind of story that, um, Mary is, uh, self-consciously, um, singing about. And that's the kind of story in which we find that the, the, the word salvation begins to take on some more meat. Uh, and and some some more excitement than just saying, oh, I said a prayer and I got saved. But if we're thinking about this biblically, first of all, the biblical context of exile from the garden and then uh, uh, God promising to bring his people back to himself as he sends Adam and the woman out, he's giving them promises and he's clothing them with animal skins and this is suggestive that their their story is not uh, finished yet that God is mercifully covering their nakedness, caring for them, and will bring them back one day. Uh, this is the kind of story that we see um, uh, starting to take on some more life with uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whom uh, Mary quotes in her song, that promises were made to them. And if you recall, the promises made to Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, were that they would become a great people, um, they would have a place in which to live, God's holy place, they would be with God and then they would be blessed by God in that holy place. Uh, people, place, uh, blessing uh, with, with the Lord. And that's the kind of thing that we see brought about in that first Exodus event that was promised to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. That their offspring became a mighty nation. God brought them out brought them from bondage in, um, to, to the mighty, to the proud, like Brandon was just speaking about. Uh, God's people were humble there in Egypt, uh, with mighty Pharaoh over them, and God gave grace to the lowly. He lifted up the humble, and he humbled the proud in that first uh, Exodus event, bringing God's people to, into his holy land to live with him. That becomes then the motif, the story of salvation that then shapes the entire Old Testament and finds fulfillment then in the New. And that's the thing that Mary is speaking about then when she speaks about God my Savior. Side note, when Mary speaks about God my Savior, that means that God needed to save her as well. And that's important because while we do want to celebrate Mary, we do want to affirm that she had perhaps the greatest uh, uh, place in, of, of any sinner in history because she gave birth to the Christ child. Uh, we also want to recognize that she's a sinner who needed salvation from the child who came from her womb. She was not sinless, but she was a sinner in need of grace and salvation and forgiveness, just like any one of us, even though she had that glorious privilege of bearing God the Son in her womb, and so we want to we want to note that. So first, she's putting herself as a, as a fellow exile who needed salvation by God. So she calls God her Savior. She also, as she speaks, she's talking about that that motif again of raising the lowly, capturing that ancient Exodus language and idea. And she speaks as well as we've already read about the fulfillment of promises made to Abraham. Uh, to Isaac and to Jacob, that oath that was made. It's also probably worth just noting as a side, uh, bit on the side here that this um, exile uh, exodus uh, story has already uh, been uh, sung about previous to this in Luke chapter one by uh, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who sings about this very clearly. Uh, the a new exodus, the second exodus, the greater exodus was was coming and that his son, John, was going to be um, kicking that off through his ministry as he led the way uh, for the Christ child. And so, as we think about this uh, theme of salvation, we see that clearly in in Mary's song, and we should connect that then to that great story of a second and greater exodus that brings us then out of our bondage and exile into God's holy land. Uh, We thank you for joining us uh, today on the Sensory uh, Reform podcast. We hope it's been helpful for you to think uh, biblically, more rightly, about Mary and about her song. Uh, we would encourage you to uh, look into finding a version of that that you can sing yourself because it's truly an edifying song to sing, to teach to yourself, to teach your friends, family. Um, it's We stand then with the Historical Church in doing that. And uh, we, we hope then as well, that um, you'll check out our other episodes if you found this one to be valuable. Check out the other episodes on the Sensory Reform podcast at sensoryreformed.org. And once again, for Pastor Brandon, I'm Pastor Zach. Thanks for joining us this week. Hope to see you again next week. Bye-bye.